Hi there, this is Winston Male, and I welcome you to Transparency Talks, a podcast from the Center for Collaborative Investigative Journalism, CCIJ. In the podcast, which focuses on issues of truth, transparency, trust, and the people within the CCIJ community, we speak to journalists from different parts of the world, especially those within our community. And today we speak to journalist Sotiris Sideris. Well, I'm not sure whether I pronounced that name correctly. Welcome to our podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. That was perfect. Like Maybe te- tell, us how you, tell us how it's pronounced. It's Sotiris Sideris. Ah, perfect. So how are you doing today? All good, all good. Hope you're doing well as well. Yeah, Malawi is okay. Where are you uh, speaking from now? I'm speaking from rainy Athens, Greece. Ah, perfect. Now, let's get started. So, how did it all start? At what point did you decide to get into journalism? Yeah, well, I have followed a pretty basic journalism, journalism background, meaning that I studied journalism. Uh, for my bachelor's and master's degrees. Uh, So uh, initially my education was like a pretty typical classical Greek one when it comes to journalism, history, arts, etc. And then during my master's in Amsterdam, I studied new media and digital culture. I started uh, tricking around with some social media data, etc. And then when I returned to Greece in 2015, uh, together with uh, other three colleagues, we co-founded Athens Live, which is uh, a non-profit news outlet from Athens. Um, and this is how everything started. Um, then in 2017, I got a fellowship to participate in a summer school in New York and Columbia University. Uh, to get trained in data journalism and coding. So today I uh, I go by the role of data editor for CCIJ and Reporters United, which is uh, a non-profit um, investigative network here in Greece. Um, so this is more or less how everything started with my data journalism path. Now, since you started, how do you describe your journey, genetically speaking? I mean, the ups and downs. Okay, yeah, let's be fair here, but I don't want to be a pessimist, but to be fair, uh, it's not a very easy way. I'm sure that people and colleagues from other cities, other locations, other communities face even more Uh, difficult situations, but when it comes to Greece, uh, it's been a hard road, to be honest, because um, we we have started working with limited resources, limited resources, not only financially, but also when it comes to press freedom and when it comes to how other colleagues or, you know, older editors uh, work with you. Um, at the same time, the political scene, the political landscape in Greece and the public dialogue is very, very polarized. Uh, and this is this didn't start like in 2015 when I started working. It's been in the making for decades now. 
Uh, but uh, let's remind ourselves that 2015 was a pretty tough year for Greece with uh, two elections, with a huge refugee influx. Um, so that's how we started working with colleagues, with foreign colleagues, uh, European colleagues, because they were super interested in what was happening in Greece back then. We started working with them as fixers. And after a while, we were, okay, we are the ones that stay here. We are the ones that know the story. So we want to say, to say the story the way it is. Because most of the time when working well, with foreign you... colleagues... Yeah. Hello, hello. Sorry, yeah. I think there was. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I think there was a breakdown on internet. Yeah. So I was saying, ah. um, I went through one of your articles, which I should mm -hmm. say was so brilliantly done in terms of um, um, data. Uh, mm -hmm. This is an article mm -hmm. to do with the um, uh, the this company, this international company that deals with the. Um, is it a? How do we describe it? Uh, housing. Uh, it. It encourages people to rent out or pro their property. Are you talking about Airbnb? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I was um, I was fascinated with the way you, I mean, you told an interesting story using the data um, uh, that you sourced from different places. Tell us a mm -hmm. bit about this interesting story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks for asking and. Uh, initially, I came up with the idea because it's a major issue uh, in Athens. It's an issue of rising rents, is an issue of gentrification, is an issue of uh, the human right to uh, housing. So that's how I came up initially with the idea. And to be fair, uh, there were quite enough and clear data to tell the story. Uh, it's a story told by and with data, but in fact is a human-centric story. You can see no interviews uh, with people or residents in the article, but always what we have been trying to do with our data journalism personally and as a team is to put uh, humans in the center. So even though there is no interview in the article, the data tells the story of what has been happening in Athens since the platform uh, started operating here. Of course, since this article, things have changed dramatically, meaning that the numbers today are even higher, the rents today are even higher, and tourism and over-touristification of Athens is a real thing. Oh, wow. Well. Um... And, and, and then at what point did you um, start working with the uh, CCIJ? Because uh, I think you have done some projects with the CCIJ. So how did you get involved? Okay, yeah. Initially, I got in touch with Jeff last year. Uh, we started discussing. We started sharing ideas. I had a couple of calls with uh, the team. And then in February 2022, I started working uh, with CCIJ um, as the data editor of the core team. Um, and together, until today, we have created with UC1, who is our data fellow, uh, we have created a water data repo, which is 
a collector, which is an online platform which contains uh, water-related articles from South Africa for the whole Africa. So this is the first major uh, data-driven um, project that we have done with CCIJ uh, since I started working with them, of course. And we are working with other journalists, both on the ground and international ones, to create and co-produce more uh, data-driven stories with CCIJ. And, and so far, since you started working with CCIJ, uh, how can you describe the community? I mean, basically, it's, it's a grouping of journalists from different parts of the world. So how can you describe that kind of situation where you work with the uh, journalists scattered from different parts of the world, but uh, united in, in purpose, working on one project? Exactly. You, you put it in the right way. And I'm impressed. I'm impressed of how uh, this cross-border collaborative journalism can work. Um, I have worked uh, with other journalists in Europe for cross-border collaborative data-driven investigations. Uh, so I have some experience in that respect. But to be honest, what uh, CCIJ does with their community is quite unique uh, because we operate as an online newsroom, so we span across many different time zones, and it it looks not it doesn't just look it works it works because as an example of what I uh, just shared with you about the data the water data repo. This project has been done by uh, myself, Yusi, who is based in China, and Liana Bravo, who is a Cuban journalist based in London. So you can see how different people from different locations and different backgrounds can work together in order to create um, a tool, a tool for investigative journalism. So that's why I'm saying that I'm impressed uh, from the way CCIJ works with their community. Now, what what would you say or what you do tell to journalists who are interested to venture into data journalism? Because I think you'd agree with me that um, um, when people, when journalists hear the term data journalism, you know, they are not comfortable. They think it's something that is complicated. Uh, so what's your message to people who are interested to venture in that into that type of journalism? Uh, well, I would suggest to not be intimidated because data journalism is not something new. Uh, data journalism has been happening for many, many, many decades now. Uh, the difference is that we today have different tools, stronger, more sophisticated tools. Uh, to do what journalists have been doing uh, for the decades with, you know, very long spreadsheets, very long company accounts, etc. So find the right, you know, course or the right mentor. Uh, and to be fair, you don't really need to get into coding or uh, programming languages. You can do data journalism with online free tools. So please, people do start working more with data because it's very needed. Now, as we are coming towards the end of our discussion, um, what lessons have you learned over the years as far as maybe data journalism itself is concerned or just journalism um, 
is concerned, what sort of lessons have you learned over the years that maybe you are willing to share with us? Yeah, yeah, thanks for this question. I can share at least two because the lessons have been constant and hard ones sometimes. First lesson is that you cannot do things alone. You need to be part of a team. You need to build this, you know, collaborative um, mindset and mentality and be open to other people, um, to, to their feedback and working with them. And the second uh, lesson is that do not trust, you know, always the, the tools, do not trust, you know, what the data says without interviewing the data and without using your logic. In my opinion, the best and strongest tool when it comes to journalism and data journalism is just using your logic to fact check everything. Don't get anything for granted. Yeah, I always ask our guests this question uh, about maybe challenges that they've encountered uh, during the course of doing their work and maybe how they went about in overcoming those challenges. So uh, what mm. sort of challenges maybe you have encountered over the years and then explain to us how you overcame those challenges? Okay, so what, in my opinion, every journalist will would reply to this question is that we face a strong lack of access to clean and open data. Uh, and to be fair, that's, that's an argument, like it is legit. At the same time, it is our work to find ways to overcome these kind of obstacles and what I have been doing and other journalists have been doing is, first of all, to scrape websites, uh, which is one of my favorite things to do with my data journalism skills. Um, and second, don't be afraid to pick up the telephone and ask for the agency that you're looking information from to provide you the data, because sometimes it's way easier than you think initially. All right. So finally, where can people find you? Uh, I mean, in terms of social media platforms, where are you mostly active on? Um, mostly active on Twitter and Facebook, I would say, as a proper millennial. Uh, and I'm trying to use uh, Instagram as well, but not so much for journalism. I do it for, you know, scrolling. Uh, so I would say Twitter. All right, and uh, what's your handle? It's Sot Sideris. All right, perfect. Maybe there could be one or two words that you 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 wanted to say. Uh, anything else to say? Mm, not really, not really. I think your questions have covered everything I'd like to say. Thanks for this. All right, thanks so much. Well, on that note, we have come to the end of. Transparency Talks, in which today we're speaking to our guest, Sotiris Sideris, who is a data editor at CCIJ, and of course, Reporters United, and also co-founder of Athens Live. He's so much into data journalism. Uh, this is a podcast that focuses on issues of truth, transparency, trust, and the people within the CCIJ community, and we normally speak to journalists from different parts of the world. This has been your host, Winston Marley. Stay safe.